The Blokebusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blokebusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome back to episode 98- B, I believe this will be of the Blokebusters podcast. Once again, I'm Paul. I'm Brian. And joining us again is Janelle. How's it going? Hey, it's good to be back again. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> and uh, for those of you that for some reason clicked on 98B and listened to that first, uh, hi, uh, you really should go and listen to 98A because that is when we talked about Stranger Things Season 1 and did a proper introduction for Janelle and now we're going to be picking the conversation back up again and doing Season 2 and you know, maybe getting into some theories and stuff, you know, whatever takes our fancy. So uh, why don't we dive straight in uh, with, I believe we did cast first last time, so may as well do new cast this time. Uh, so who should we talk about first? Uh, well, I think we sh- um, should kind of go chronologically, well, just at least in this um, this first episode. Um, I think I was telling uh, you before we started recording here, it is so heavy in character introduction. Yep. Um, and yeah. Usually when you do that, <laughs> Um, I think the episode suffers in quality, but I do think this is one of the strongest episodes of the season and still managed to balance all of these character introductions. Um, and the first of those, I believe, would just be, um, I'm sorry, uh, you'll have her name there, but Eight. What is Eight's official name? Uh, yeah, Callie. Callie. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we get that cold open and with her so yeah it was kind of like a i don't know what do you think of that opening i i love that it was so unexpected that we were immediately someplace else and you know for a show like stranger things like i feel like it's it at that point you kind of expect it to be hawkins you expect it to have like a certain theme and a certain like feel to it and it was a completely dropped you in this whole new world and you were immediately like kind of like okay what's happening like wait a second there's an eight and then like just already you're just sucked in the story and ready for for the whole season yeah Yeah, i thought it was a great way to start things off um yeah totally unexpected that it would start there and yeah like i said i just figured it would kind of pick up right where we left off some you know somewhere or just maybe a little bit down the line but and then to tease us with that, and we don't get anything else of that world. Uh, oh, yeah, spoilers, by the way, folks. <laughs> um, we talk about all parts of the show. Um, but, yeah, to not get that rewarded until way later in the season. Because um, you're like, are we going to see? <laughs> you're, you're watching an episode, saying, are we going to see any more of this world? Or are they just going to be a-holes about it and just tease us? And That would have been awful if we didn't get anything until season three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that would have been interesting. Uh, I I do remember before I got the chance to properly sit down and watch it, I did see something that said that you would 
possibly find out a bit more about where Eleven came from and possibly others that uh, were experimented on. But yes, I was not expecting it to be the first thing you see. And uh, it, it was definitely a wonderful out of nowhere. Oh, it's just another experiment person. Bye. And, <laughs> and I, I did, I did really enjoy that. It was like, did anyone think that the collapsing bridge actually did collapse? Did you think for a second, sure. like, oh, they have someone oh, yeah. else with telekinesis? I didn't really yeah, understand I... her power until her, her her own episode, like the sister episode. I didn't understand what she had. I thought it was yeah. the same as, as Eleven, honestly. <laughs> I, I was so dead. I was like, why is that cop being such a dick? I'm like, he stopped because he didn't want to run his car to the fucking wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you yelling at him why he stopped? <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. oh, because he's the only one that saw that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed that we got to see something else because obviously Eleven is known as mm-hmm. Eleven because of the tattoo, but I don't know if it's just the wonders of season one of Stranger Things that you then immediately don't think about it. You just don't imagine, oh, well, there must have been 10 others before her, because otherwise, why would she just be number 11? But that just becomes yeah. her name. So I wasn't even suspicious of that. Like, like coming fresh off of Stranger Things 1, like just the from watching it just recently and now watching kind of back to back, like they don't even hint to that. I don't think like it, that didn't even cross my mind because there's so much other mysteries going on. I felt like I wasn't even thinking about that possibility. So that was a really, really cool twist for me because I didn't read any spoilers. <laughs> so I had no idea that they were going to be. Yeah. That. I think it's also a testament to the entertainment that's on screen that you're not distracted into those thoughts. Like you're you're content with what's happening in the moment, you know, and that's that first season and doesn't give a lot of time for analysis, you know, or um, or looking too deeply into things that maybe you shouldn't be looking too deeply in, you know. Yeah. Um, I know, Paul, you're you're always one that's trying to figure out what's going on behind the, you know, you're always looking for the wizard behind the, the curtain. <laughs> um, and, so yeah, she, it, it, and it sometimes I'm not even consciously trying to do it, but I'll just figure it out. And it, it does get annoying at times. But with, <laughs> with Stranger Things Season yeah. 1, I definitely was just kind of drawn along with it rather than mm-hmm. act- actively thinking about it. So it was, uh, okay. it was definitely nice to not even think about that until Season 2 started to come out and I started to hear bits and pieces about what might be in it. And yeah, yeah, I actively try to avoid pretty much any headlines, any articles that go into stuff that I'm really into. But you know how you're scrolling through Facebook and the article is just 10 reasons why the last episode of this spoils this. And it's yeah. like, why the <laughs> fuck would you do that? Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. Or just even like irresponsible like cover art can even be huge. You know, like... Yeah. If you have half of, you know, two brain cells to rub together, you can put, you know, things together as to why someone's pictured this way or why someone else isn't in it, you know, on a poster art, you know. So, yeah, any of that stuff can run things. So you just got to block it all out. Um, I'm a huge fan of, like, going on the forums, though, and looking at the mystery and, like, analyzing things. So I feel like I'm kind of... Mm-hmm. I'm a mix between both. Like, I would never probably look for spoilers, but I'm definitely the person that, mm. like, after a series comes out and finishes, I look look up the cast interviews and with the writers, and I try to figure out every little, like, 
mystery that might be to come. But I still want it to be a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I, I'm hugely anti-spoiler, and it's just been until this last year that my uh, friend got me to come around on Game of Thrones spoilers, and I do, do not regret. <laughs> I know you, neither of you um, are watchers, but yeah, I, I now am all pro spoiler, especially yeah, one season to go. But normally try to avoid all of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, in this yeah, in that instance, you got to make a special case. Um, I did want to attempt some of our own psychic powers here, if we could, and um, <laughs> and see if we can save the best character introduction to last. And we are not going to say it; we're just all going to know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and Absolutely, agree I already know that. Okay, so Janelle better. I, I, I feel like Janelle's on the same page. Paul, I have my doubts. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of torn Sorry, between buddy. two. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, well, so leave your other one till the second last. If we if if we haven't gotten to him before then, but okay. him or her, I, I guess I should say. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess there's only one one really her in the option here. But I don't know where do you want to go from here, uh, Paul or Jill? Uh, I know there's a couple of bit characters I wanted to talk about, or did you want to just talk about this main episode as a whole? Uh, um, I, I mean, I love this opening. I love this first episode. And I feel like, I don't know if this is jumping too much ahead, but there's a lot of um, kind of callbacks from re- from rewatching it to kind of what actually ends up happening, which I think is really, really fun. Like the very first shot um, with the grave and the hand coming out of the ground and like the Halloween decoration. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that's such a call out to like everything that's going to end up happening and how the vines in the ground play such like a huge role in it. I mean, I don't think it was yeah. a coincidence, but I just thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. It was a uh, kind of mirroring that um, Dungeons and Dragons scene, how that kind of sets up the narrative of, of the first series a little bit, you know, um, yeah. season one, just being a Dungeons and Dragons quest with the Duffer brothers as the, you know, as the dungeon masters, you know, that's essentially, you know, what was happening, but yeah, I did like how, Season two kind of mirrored that a little bit, and this opening episode really kind of set the stage and really well, I might add. Yeah, <laughs> really well. Uh, I mean, it, it's really interesting that you had the first episode of the first season. They had obviously so much to set up, and it was so well done that coming into season two there's always that thing because the sequel is never as good as the original like there's always are they just trying to do the same thing they did last time and i feel that they at the very least matched the first episode of the first season with this one even though they added more characters and they were setting up a slightly different story they did it just fantastically like <laughs> I, I don't know how they did it but i really, I really liked how they didn't I, I really liked how they didn't like they didn't waste a lot of time with these mysteries that you knew were already going to be solved like they they solved a lot of your questions that you had toward the end of the season fairly quickly and i really appreciated that in a show because they they could have dragged it out and i feel like that's a testament to kind of like how tv is going now and how like series in general are just a little bit shorter than like say lost (laughs) where it's like 20 episodes and most of them are like filler (laughs) um and it's like you're like okay i get all the information i wanted in episode one now i'm ready for the new story like let's do this like you you kind of feel like the pacing is just so much better and i feel like that's something that showed just so well 
It really does. Yeah. Um, it's this from like top to bottom from like the on screen to, to the editing and yeah. And the writing, it, it's just so well woven together. Yeah. And, uh, and I really, really enjoyed because obviously the pacing of the first series was so good and they didn't hurry to tell you stuff. I love that they waited until the very end of the first episode to show you the eleventh back, and it was like because I, I was expecting that I don't know halfway through the episode they finally go okay here's eleven like yeah, she's back mm-hmm. but no they they waited until right at the end and of like as Hopper's taking all this time to get to the cabin it's like. Okay, like go. This better be eleven, and not just uh, he's lost his house and now he lives in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was worried we wouldn't see her till like the very end. That she'd be like this big mystery because it was kind of left interpretive, like if she was even alive. So that was my big concern. So I was so relieved when we saw her at the end. I was like, okay, good. Like we can get eleven back like immediately. Yeah, yeah. It was always going to be something that was going to be hanging over season two. So I'm I'm glad that they did give you the payoff early enough, especially since, and obviously we'll get into it, it let you then see the relationship between Eleven and Hopper. And uh, yeah, that that's something that uh, uh, we'll definitely need to talk about because I promised that Absolutely. I would. Yes. <laughs> so many feelings. So many feelings. Oh, so many feelings. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear yours. Um, can I just also uh, like spend two, uh, speaking of pacing? I know we probably need to pick up ours with uh, nine episodes here, but yeah. Um, can can we just spend thirty seconds talking about Keith and how much I love Keith? <laughs> oh my god, Keith from the arcade. <laughs> I literally wrote, "Keith is the worst, such a creep with his cheese doodle fingers." <laughs> no, let me. Let me clarify, Janelle. I hate to be creeped out by him. Like, I mean, I love to be creeped out by him. So I meant like I, I love how just awkward and wonderfully just creepy he is. Um, he owns that role. I, I, I yes, that. he and, owns that. Role. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like this. Uh, what is his Matty Carter Robel? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sounding like Paul on that last name, but. <laughs> Um, also in another great Netflix uh, series, Paul, do you recognize or know that one? Um, I should, but I'm I'm blanking on it right now. The second you well, say it's it, only because I am beat it that I know it. But he was one of the henchmen <laughs> in a series of unfortunate. Yes, that's it. Damn it. Oh, yeah. Yes, he was yeah, the he, uh, yeah. wow. of indeterminate gender in that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and played. I think played the coroner or whatever. When after spoilers for that show, when um, what's his name, the snake guy uh, bites it. I'm blanking on. Yes, Monty. But I, yeah, I was looking for yeah that actor's name, which I love. But oh well. But yeah, neither. And then he was in Jurassic World as well. Um, yes, yes, he was. Uh, oh, he was the gyrosphere like uh, amusement like ride operator guy. Yeah on that but yeah uh yeah so wow that's quite keep. that's we quite need... the variety <laughs> yeah he's got so yeah he's got some he's definitely uh, was not typecast big, big, <laughs> yeah he's got some big names on his resume there um so good for him but all right, yeah enough about yeah me. um paul do you want to well, uh I, or go ahead you know yeah i mean i just thought it was really i mean i was kind of very excited about the fact that they changed the sort of game that they all play to an arcade 
and how you yeah. got to see like the the old arcade and like i just remember being a kid and like going to arcades and i don't know it just really made me feel very nostalgic and i really liked that choice yeah because yeah, they needed to do a little something different than um the the dungeons and dragons and let me take this moment to say dragon slayer is complete bullshit um <laughs> and anyone that plays that game more than twice i don't know yeah uh i played i played that once and i knew if i ever played it again i would be arrested for like tipping over that cabinet and storming out like because that game is horseshit <laughs> and it's so much more expensive than like a game of pinball or pac-man or anything and it's so ridiculously hard uh, I, yeah fuck that game i i assume it's like the, <laughs> the simpsons joke where millhouse puts like three dollars worth of quarters into a game he takes one step and it's game over and so it's like, okay, uh, so uh, yeah right and it's um <laughs> yeah and I, if i recall there's like no like say like if you die you die it's like yeah it's that game is no mercy um but like graphically speaking it was way ahead of its time but that's the only thing you can say for it um otherwise total sack of shit <laughs> so yeah there's my uh rant on yeah dragons there looks like you uh, agree with on, Justin. <laughs> uh very much i felt his pain um yeah. Well, Paul, um, do you want to uh, toss out a character intro? Uh, well, I, I was also just going to quickly say mm. as well, with the Dragon Slayer thing, it was very well done that it was showing that now it's kind of Dustin is uh, like taking the lead in this one. Cause he's the one playing it. And then Luke, Lucas as well saying, no, the princess is mine. It's a very good kind of thing because they're the ones fighting over who gets to play the game and who's going to save the princess. And mm-hmm. you know, very and foreshadowing our... how it comes about at the end there. So, uh, <laughs> poor uh, Dustin. <laughs> All right, we'll get we'll get to poor it's Dustin. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, since we're talking about the arcade, I feel that we should probably bring up uh, Mad Max at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. And might as well, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, toss uh, her brother in there as well. Yes. So you got uh, yeah. Sadie Sink, which is a fantastic name, as Maxine Mayfield. Uh, and someone that, again, I like how she was introduced, that it was just this new person and we didn't immediately find out about her. And it, the boys trying to be spies horribly, finding out her <laughs> information. And she just, uh, I, I did just enjoy when they're trying to spy on her and she throws something away and it's, it's just her to say, stop following me. <laughs> you creeps, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of um, instantly like her. She's like one step ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, obviously that kind of endears her to Lucas, definitely, since he's kind of, that's how he kind of was in the last season as well, just trying to be very logical about stuff. <laughs> And then, obviously, you've got, and I'm fairly certain it's Dacra Montgomery. As I think so, yeah. Name, mm-hmm. And Billy, Billy Hargrove. Uh, with different, <laughs> I find it very odd that he has a different last name, since they are a stepsister and stepbrother, which implies that their parents are married, so wouldn't they have the same last name at that point? Uh, you know, you never yeah, who's gonna keep the name or not, but I I mean I, I can fully um, understand that he wouldn't want to take a second like a different last name or wouldn't want Max to have his last name because of how uh well Yeah, I didn't volatile I didn't take my, I didn't yeah. I have a stepsister and I didn't take like we didn't take like and I feel like you don't really usually take a different name when you're a step sibling. Yeah. Do you? 
I, no, I, I don't think, think so. Do. <laughs> I, yeah. I No, I don't think so. I didn't take my, my stepmom's name. I think so, whatever name I... you were, yeah, you were given <laughs> or with, yeah, unless you're, you decide to legally change it or, um, yeah, whatever. I think that's the one you, you keep. But I, I, yeah. I don't know. Right? Having grown up <laughs> around people that didn't have stepbrothers and stepsisters, I, I am unfamiliar with that world. But we're talking too much about the uh, the inner words of that when we should be talking about the hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Um, the uh, hair, what? the look, everything. He's just he's a very good villain. <laughs> he's, he's, he's evil George Michael. Um I can't take, yeah, I can't take credit for that. A uh, friend of the pod came up with that one, but um, yeah, evil George Michael, um, definitely with that, like that, like kind of icicle earring or whatever the earring or that, just whatever um, single bar earring, and yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, just like good looking, but just oh my god, that hair, um, yeah. And like, his entrance and music and his entrance, everything. Yeah, and then like the three you know, girls just fawning over him. Um, I'm like, really? Even like, okay, yeah, he's good looking. But, oh my God. I guess 84, was it? Or 80? Yeah. I guess that was the hair to have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just jealous. What am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> it, it did kind of feel like when the three girls were looking at him, I. Like, I know it, it doesn't fit given like, the lyrics and but I was kind of waiting for, oh my god, Becky. Like, when that started getting like that <laughs> I mean, they were definitely yeah, all taken out of his butt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> just, yeah, too bad they weren't around, uh, skinny jeans weren't around for them then. So, yeah. No, I definitely thought he was mind. cute until I found out he was terrible. <laughs> until, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I guess that's what we're on here. Um, what is the point of Billy? <laughs> what um, <laughs> what well, effect does he have on the? I mean, the going on other than to just be a problematic asshole. Like, I think I was reading an interview, and the Duffer Brothers basically said, "Is they wanted a human antagonist, and so he's mm-hmm. literally just there to just be an asshole and be a terrible person, yeah. <laughs> and just be and, this other thing that they're dealing with." And we're <laughs> yeah, and we're comfortable saying. Mostly, probably, definitely racist. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. He has like, yeah. no other real explanation, given how he acts. For why she can't hang out with Lucas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that yeah. Was, that was, I, I mean, obviously, racism equals bad. But I thought it was done very well. Mm-hmm. Like, the, just having that like, very... He, I mean, he probably didn't even think in any way that what he's doing is wrong. So it's just that ingrained. It's just like, no, you just don't hang out with those people. And it's just, cause, and unfortunately, that is how a lot of racism can be. It's just that some people are just like, well, no, you don't hang out with them. Like, you, know, you hang out with these people over here that all look identical. To but I'm glad them. it wasn't like, I'm glad it wasn't heavy handed or, um, it's just like, yeah, these horrible people exist in this world as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but we do get a little bit of, I wouldn't say sympathy or, but a little bit of understanding as to why he is so awful. Not that that is a justification for his behavior, but we understand no. it a little more as to like, yeah. you know, alluding to his, you know, POS father. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, it's tough to yeah, come out you, normal. Yeah, you do feel for him a little bit in that, in that scene. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, which I didn't like that I felt for him in that scene, but uh, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it when when that scene played out, I was like, oh, okay. That, that was kind of just my thing. I was like, right, so that's why it's the way he is. Okay. I still don't like him. So. <laughs> Yeah. Still no sympathy right. from you. No. <laughs> I think we need to probably bust through quickly some character intros and then just get into them in detail as we go along. Does that sound good, Paul? Yep, sounds good. Uh, okay. Yeah, so do you want to toss what just kind of intro and we'll go right on to the next one here? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, who, else, um, who else pops up in this episode? And don't uh, you dare say the best one. Well, you got uh, Paul Reiser, <laughs> Sam Owens. Who is the uh, yes, replacement? Yep. So Papa. happy Paul Reiser's back. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was and uh, so good at drama, and people forget like he's amazing at drama. Um, or I don't know if you want to call it, yeah, but in this role, not a largely comedic you know role. So yeah, he was great. Um, who else? Yeah. Uh, well, let me just uh, quick look here. Um, yeah, th- this is the point where I'm not, kind of not sure which one, but uh, you've got Pariah Ferguson as Lucas's younger sister, who okay. I, felt, I felt kind of existed as Oh, was she entered in the first episode? I didn't think she was in the first episode. I could have sworn. I, maybe I'm getting scenes mixed up, but I'm fairly certain oh, okay. she was in it. Um, for, cause, Internet, uh, let us know. Okay, how wrong yeah. we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're right, we were, but probably wrong. Yeah. Um, One of us is. So, hey, we were right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) How do you like that math? And then you've got. Yeah, this is the point where I'm not 100% sure. So, okay. So, how about um, the crackpot next? Yeah, that's who I was going to go with next. Then, so you got Brett Gelman as Murray Bogart. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, a former journalist. Were you familiar with Brett Gelman, uh, Paul? I. You know, it's one of those things that I'm sure I've seen him in stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't necessarily okay. know the name. Well, see, yeah, I'm a stand-up nerd, so that's like I, I've been familiar with him. But then he's also in um, another really wonderful Netflix show, Love. Um, uh, I so I was yet. as the uh, as Julian uh, J- um, Jacobs' um, boss at the radio station. Um, kind of problematic <laughs> role there, but yeah. Um, Janelle, were you familiar with him at all? I mean, I knew he looked familiar. I couldn't figure out for the life of me what. So I, I definitely need to do take a look at, at his IMBD and see <laughs> where I exactly recognize him from. But he definitely has yeah. one of those faces that I was like, I know I've yeah. seen you on something. Can't think of what. Yeah, it's such a uh, fun role for him. Yeah, um, and then. I think our wonderful guest should give the last intro here, major intro in this first episode. Um, <laughs> who else joins the cast this season, Janelle? Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Possibly the superhero himself, Bob. <laughs> oh. Ah, Bob. Yes. <laughs> it's played by the always fantastic... Sean Austin. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, I was letting that. Yeah, you know, it there. Yes, but Bob Newby, superhero. Um, like we said, spoilers. What? Uh, <laughs> hashtag justice for Bob. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get back. <laughs> well, is it always uh, B names? <laughs> I don't know. It is. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. What? What is going on here? But um. But it. 
when you first met Bob, now what did you guys think of him? Because I didn't trust him. <laughs> I thought he was no. Nice. See, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was definitely getting there. Like I, um, I don't know how quickly you were to not trust him, but I, I felt like, uh, and I had watched um, Black or um, I'm sorry, um, Orphan Black a lot. Um, and they have, I don't know if anyone's seen that show, they have, like, uh, monitors in that show that are watching, you know, like, that are supposed to infiltrate these clones' lives or whatever. I felt he was kind of her monitor, you know, like, report back. And, and yeah, I didn't trust him. I felt like, no, no one is this, like, genuinely sweet and <laughs> just, <laughs> just dorky and kind. And, no, this no one's like that. Um, so, yeah, I didn't trust him either. Paul? Um, I, you know, I was willing to go with it when I was watching it because number one, Sean Astin's just fantastic as that character. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go with it. And if it turns out that there's an ulterior motive here, I will just hate him all the more. So I'm very <laughs> happy that that was not the case. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I loved seeing Bob on screen. Just because you did kind of need to have someone who is that naive, because obviously we know all of the characters have been through all this before. We've been through all this before, but now we get sort of a surrogate, fresh eyes on the situation. So it was a very cool way of doing that to to have someone who is just doing like these little offhand comments, of, almost like if you were sitting next to a friend that had never seen the first season. And you're watching the second season, and they would make the kind of yeah, he's a, that yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a he's a decent audience surrogate, yeah, um, for the most part. Yeah, and, yeah, um, I definitely agree. And I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but uh, they they had the nice little nod to the fact that he was in the Goonies, and uh, oh when, yeah, yeah. When uh, they had the map, it's like, oh, what's that? The X buried treasure. <laughs> yeah I, I wrote down yeah I, I wrote down that line yeah yeah what's what's at the x pirate treasure i said i'm good with it i, I don't care if that's a cheesy reference i'm totally fine with it um his little maybe, smile probably, when he says yeah. it too it's just so cute it, it's such a wonderful weekend and nod and then for me like i was i'm the uh the old one of of this group of us um so um yeah, Goonies being one of my, not to say that, you know, Goonies, you, neither of you can like Goonies, but I, that was one of my early, you know, loves. Um, and yeah, that was a great little reference in there. And yeah, I, I don't care how kind of forced in it was. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, and I, I loved seeing in the, uh, the Beyond Stranger Thing thing where he would, come in on the old uh, VHS quality video link and uh, talk about how you know, when he was hired and they were a little worried that there was a sort of a, you know, he was in the Goonies, he'd been in something sort of like this before and they, I believe the Duffer Brothers did say that like, that was as far as they were willing to go. Like, they, they, put, they put it in there, it's been acknowledged, let's move on. We don't want to, to <laughs> lean on this crutch too much. Uh, yeah, yeah, if he had started to sound like, it's our time down here when, he's, uh, when, he, when they were going in the vines, then it might have been a little too much. It's their time up there, but it's our time down here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe too much. And, and if he was wearing like a Goonies Never Say Die shirt or something. <laughs> <laughs> it just turned to the Goonies halfway through. <laughs> oh, oh! If that was on a TV, I would have loved that. That's just like on a TV, like bl blurry in the background, and you just heard like 
if you had captions on, maybe it would say like, "Hey, you guys." Oh, that would have been. Oh, yeah, I would have been down for that. <laughs> or when they're so deciding when they're deciding what film to watch, and they say the Goonies, and you just go, "No, no, no, no. <laughs> why would I? <laughs> Anything but that." <laughs> yeah, I have bad memories. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. Or, or it'd be like, "Hey, that Mikey guy looks like he could be my kid." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, last thing I mentioned right now as well, like the um. The, the brilliance of Sean Aston when they do go down into the vines and apparently him just going like, are we in Will's drawing? That was all him. They, they, they didn't <laughs> have that in the script at all. It was just him. I love that yeah. line. Yeah. We, we're, oh my God. I love how excited he gets um, about solving things. They're like just being involved. He's so happy to be involved. He's, like, he's the guy useful. that's just so thrilled you called. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you need? Yep. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> poor, poor Bob. All right. He gets Bob so excited about Radio the puzzle. Shack. Oh my God. Yeah. that was a rough one (laughs) we'll get there though maybe uh, if we ever uh, if we ever get on with this three hour podcast yes justice for bob (laughs) i know Uh, yeah yeah just keep running bob like come on Uh, all right i know we're done (laughs) i'm not ready to emotionally go there yet (laughs) i know i'm not all right so all right well uh, where the hell where the hell to go from here well why don't we emotionally go to the next episode where you really start to delve into Eleven and Hopper and just see Mm -hmm. how clearly Hopper's been keeping Eleven at this random cabin in the woods for almost a year and is like trying to do his best to keep her safe and she is gone a little stir crazy. Not, not yeah, especially as a developing yeah. tween. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then, her uh, trying to dress up as the ghost is just oh, it just breaks my heart when she nods know, her little head like, under Come the on, sheet. No one will see me. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> that's so heartbreaking. And yeah, and then I love our the definition of compromise: half happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, and he like gives think, her a little head tossle. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. so cute. I know. But yeah, that's uh, that's a great way to talk like one of the um great things I think the second season does and probably the best with Hopper and Eleven are these pairings that you didn't see coming. Um sorry to go Game of Thrones again, but it took them years to get to these kind of character pairings where you were just waiting to get these two characters in a dialogue together. Yeah. Um I'm the things happened a lot faster here, but yeah, Hopper at Eleven is just such a fun dynamic. So just both so i mean he's so strong-headed and of course she just is so powerful and is i don't you know what supposed to be 12 13 years old at this point or 12 yeah i guess um yeah around like 12 or something like that but uh yeah i love their dynamic um yeah their their scenes were great yeah they're both such phenomenal actors like they play off of each other Mm -hmm. so well like especially the fighting scenes and stuff like uh, if you can tell that there's so much love there, but they're screaming at each other, and that's it's the hardest thing to watch. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was just like a father and daughter. Yeah, like yeah. having and, it out. And to to kind of play on that, I don't know when a good place to bring this up, so I'll just mention it now. Uh, the <laughs> the one really subtle thing that goes through the series, which you really have to be paying attention to notice, uh, and that's both series one and series two. So. 
in series one, we obviously find out about Hopper's daughter getting cancer and passing away. So you see that she has a blue hair tie before when she's at the park in the flashback. And then when she's in the hospital bed, bald from the chemotherapy, and he's reading to her, he's got the, uh, the hairband around his wrist. And the first few scenes where he's sitting down with Eleven in the cabin, you can clearly see it on his wrist again. And then at the end of this series, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail, but uh, at the end of this series, it's on Eleven's wrist. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm gonna cry again, guys. <laughs> I there was yeah there was a part yeah I, maybe we'll get there but yeah there was um, the emotion I think was uh, the emotional weight in this season I think was amped from season one like oh, yeah they really play Absolutely. I mean there's there's so much more comedy in season two uh, there's. I mean, the humor is just, I mean, just Brett Gellman alone and Bob Newby superhero and yeah, all of that. But just everything I thought was kind of the kind of improved. Um, and yeah, just the way um, kind of the emotional depth and like there's a lot of heavy stuff in this second season. And yep. I thought it was handled so well. Um yeah, and a couple, I know Paul's um, a cold, heartless Brit, but um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Paul. <laughs> but no, no, no. He, he, I shouldn't say heartless. He just keeps it inside where a respectable person should. <laughs> exactly. About, right. Yeah. Twenty years time, I'll just have that cancer removed, and then I can build it back Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Get those feelings out of here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple times where I was like, oh, yeah, getting a little emotional. Oh, definitely. But it's also mm-hmm. scarier this season, too. I feel like everything yeah. was very amped up. Like, the stakes are higher because you care about these people so much more. But also, like, the stakes are just in generally higher. Yeah. And yeah. Did, um, our, go ahead, Paul. Oh, I was just going to say, obviously, we've we've mentioned that uh, you've got the, the human antagonist. And then you've got the, the much bigger otherworldly antagonist and then you've also just got the the looming threat of well the outside world can't find out about this along with Bob's parents trying to find out exactly what happened and it just seems like there's being affronted from all sides of this little oh my group of people yeah. that just sworn to secrecy and that, uh, yeah. You, yeah you just brought up Barb's parents like that was <laughs> I mean just kind of what I was talking about, like the humor that you have that scene where he and uh, or he, Steve and Nancy are visiting, you know, Barb's parents to a, a wonderfully prepared meal of KFC. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. And you get just uh, usually you get it the other way. You get like emotion, like the, the heavier stuff and then it lightens things up with humor. But we get that great line of, you know, we've all been in that situation where we're like, okay, my girlfriend is here. My boyfriend's here. I'm comfortable with them by my side. Please don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, dude, like, if you go to the bathroom, like, I need to go, like, take a walk. Or, yeah, no, like, yeah, you cannot leave my side. And Nancy gets up in awkwardness, you know, and it's, uh, it's finger looking good. 
<laughs> oh my just god! Just stare, and then to just immediately go into like then Nancy just like breaking down in the bathroom with the score and stuff, and I'm like, no, this is not fair, Stranger Things. Like you just made me laugh four seconds ago, and now I'm heartbroken. Yeah, I know. This is one of those things uh, they balance so well in that show or in this show. Sorry. And and yeah, the um like you knew that they would kind of have to somehow deal with Barb because there was no resolution whatsoever at the end of the first season for anything to do with Barb other than some characters know she's dead and that's it. Like, it's just, <laughs> she's just dead. Yeah. yeah. And, and most people are like, who was Barb? Barb who? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> unlike Poor my, yeah, my in-laws, um, they, yeah, they were starting season two and they texted my wife five minutes in saying does it get any better than this because we're bored and my wife texted back to being i just wait till 11 back and their response was who's 11 it was just <laughs> like okay let's just throw the phone away we're done with this conversation <laughs> oh um, no are we all in agreement it kind of sounds that way or this way but do we think season two improvement on season one as good as not as good as season one i I thought we all kind of sound like we uh, think it's better. Yeah, I, I have. I, I'd say probably as good. I don't think I would say better, okay. but I also I'm I very attached to the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe if I watch this one as many times as I've seen the pilot or the pilot, rather the season mm-hmm. one, um, mm-hmm. maybe if I if I watch it that many times, maybe then. But I just I feel like. I love this season for season two for the fact that it is a sequel. I think it does being a sequel really well and expanding on the characters and everything like that. But I feel like I, nothing beats season one. I think season one was just like just perfect in every way. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a tough to argue with that. I mean, watching <laughs> it today, I was really thinking I, I, I loved this watch more than the, the first time I watched season two. I, um, because it is a different story, um, because there are so many more pieces on the board um, and so many new characters, and it, it does take a little longer, I think, to get things going and uh, kind of moving along um, at, at the pace that we were kind of used to in season one. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say it is as good, and I think something, a few things are better. Um, a couple of things I was kind of, you know, I had some nitpicks here and there but i don't know if we'll get to those or not but um yeah all in all i was i, I didn't understand that some of the people that absolutely hated this season i did not get that at all um the only reason i like i just didn't get the point of billy i i, I liked that he was such a like he was a great person to hate but i didn't know what he was doing there like okay human antagonist he had no bearing on the plot other than to Steve had to get his ass kicked again this season. <laughs> Steve's always getting his ass kicked. <laughs> Poor Steve, trying his best. Poor Steve. Just always taking one for the team. Uh, <laughs> so thanks for that, Steve. Babysitter Steve. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, my God. Have you seen all the fan art with, like, Babysitter Club? It's amazing. Oh, Look yeah. at, like, the Babysitter Club, like, with him. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic yeah. stuff. Oh, and and then, of course, you got the one where it's just uh... – um, again, it's the, the four different pictures, and it's uh, Joyce, and then Mike's mom, and then Dustin's mom, and then Steve, and it's just like you know the mm-hmm. mom club in Hawkins, like it's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah it, Honorary it, mom. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, I think my favorite. Mm-hmm. 
thing that I saw just around the whole thing is uh, like reaction to season one. Like Steve doesn't deserve Nancy. Reaction to season two. Nancy doesn't deserve Steve. <laughs> well, actually, I do have some thoughts on Nancy and and Steve and Jonathan and all of that. Um, and I feel like now probably be a good time to bring it up a little bit. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. I think Nancy needs to just get a friend. Like, I don't understand why she doesn't have a friend anymore. Like, now that Barb is gone, like, she doesn't hang out with her friends. She only is with Steve or Jonathan. Like, girl needs a friend. She needs some time away from the boys. She needs to just chill mm-hmm. out a little bit. That's what I want to see for her for season three. Like, no, I don't know. I wasn't yeah, a fan I, of the whole Jonathan and Nancy subplot this time. I was like, it felt a little forced. Just was not. That's probably probably the main thing of season two that I didn't like. It was just like she was just. I don't know. I'm not a fan when women are kind of just love interests mainly. And I mean, she was doing things and she did have her motivation in Barb, but I was just like, give her something else to do. Yeah, don't just identify her through a love triangle that we've seen on screen, you know, a million times. So yeah, definitely get that. Yeah. Um, and then just classic. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, uh, I, I have a couple say, things to add, but yeah, go ahead. I I think that the the untold story there is that Nancy only had one friend, and it was Bob. She was only hanging out with the other people because she was going out with Steve, and they obviously Steve then distanced himself from them because they were just incredibly mean and horrible people. And I I think after that, like Nancy just doesn't have any other friends. So I, I feel like well, probably girl needs to get yeah. out there and yeah, put herself out there. Really makes, I know there's that not, way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, she can get out there and cause like this, I want to get some thoughts on this too, but I wrote a couple things on Jonathan because you know, uh, first episode I was, I came, I was unapologetically team Jonathan. Um, <laughs> maybe somewhat apologetically because he was a creep, um, but he did seem to have a good heart in there. Um, yeah. But season two, I one of my notes is I said, Jonathan, you make it so hard to be on your side. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I try to like you, and then you do th- and then you say stuff like this is just to- just classic toxic nice guy like syndrome, you know, like mm-hmm. it, when they're like first staying, um, like kind of mimicking that scene where when he crashed. You know, at in her bedroom, and then you know, um, in season one, um, the, she kind of brings up what, why didn't we happen? You know, like, you know what? And she said she, you know, she said I waited, and his bullshit, toxic, privileged ass that he said, you know, yeah, for like a month, you know, for like <laughs> only a month, like, see, like I hate that. Like, okay, night, like, yes, the beautiful woman is just supposed to come to you, you know, like, or, yeah, yeah. And you're supposed. Yeah, you don't need to be interesting or worth her. Yeah, you know, no, she's just supposed to fall into your lap. And yeah, like, fuck you, Jonathan. And they don't have anything in common besides the fact that, like, Mm. they save the world sometimes. Like, that's it. Yeah, yeah, like, they go through traumatic stuff together. I don't, yeah, Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah. so, like, that whole (laughs) line of thinking, I'm like, no, you don't. And then, yeah, and then we have to have, yeah, the whole consummation there with Murray. Like, yeah, you two should just screw and be done with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was a creep. He, I, yeah. he liked him. I thought he was a creep. Well, I, I like the character. Let me say, like, I like the character. I'm not hanging out with Murray, um, <laughs> you know, in this world. But I like him as a colorful character in this world. Yeah. Okay, and, I agree with that. And yeah. Yeah, obviously, then the 
the double entendre conversation afterwards as well. It's just like, uh, so Jonathan, how was the pullout? Just, oh, like, God. Uh, okay. You knew they Let's had to go there. Edited. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I guess apparently good. him dropping, if you watch the episode, him dropping that um, spite of cereal was an accident. And then he goes, oops. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, it was such a perfect moment. Was cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But, yeah, moving away from the, uh, the love triangle of Stranger Things. Yes. Where uh, should we delve into next? Well, uh, I. I think that uh, one of the other big things throughout this series is um, how much of an idiot was Dustin? Um, for oh, okay. That. Yeah, so once again, <laughs> Are you going I to was defend hardcore him? team Dustin. <laughs> nope. Uh, Dustin was a piece of shit this season. Um, I'm sorry. I love your adorable purr. It's amazing. I mm-hmm. Please do that all the time. And if I see you... Ever, Gaten, I'm going to ask you to do that purr. Um, that is, <laughs> hopefully it's in public and not weird for a grown man to be asking you to do that. But uh, That's going to haunt <laughs> him just for years and years. I know. Yeah. But that it's, poor kid. Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, other than that, um, and then other than, I'll give him one other kind of credit. Um, uh, when they show up to school, all dressed uh, you know, as Ghostbusters, and they have the discussion as to, you know, why there can't be two Vankmans. And it's like, okay, another racism matzo ball or, you know, racial yeah. stereotypes hanging in the, and they're like, no, the black guy, you know, has to be Winston. You, there is that, I don't know, it's, it's tough if you're like looking at your phone or you look away, there's a little head shake that Dustin gives, like, nope, don't pursue this line of thought. Like, yeah. he just does this little, mm-hmm, oh, really? shake it off, shake it off. Yeah, it's, oh, it's great. Yeah. Like, because, uh, yeah, Mike's just tearing into him, like, why? No, like, no, you have to, yeah. And, like, this book just says, no, drop it, drop it, nope. <laughs> so, a little, a little woke. Dustin's a little woke, uh, just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, the way he handled that whole dart situation and then lying to his mom about Muse. Yeah, not, a, not He's really very great. manipulative. And yeah. I didn't realize because they say it's so quick, but he's, I, I, I don't know, if you're probably more familiar with Dungeons & Dragons than I am. But, like, the fact that mm, they wow. say he's a bard, I never really got mm. that until this season. I was like, oh, my God, he is a bard. Like, I, he totally is, like, a, a, the sweet talker. Like, he can talk out of mm-hmm. anything. He's like, him being, like, with the Curiosity Voyage, I need my paddles, like, all of that. Like, it's just so, he's very, he's a manipulative little kid. Especially to his mom. He, oh, my God, his poor mom. <laughs> his poor mom. He tells her that, like, he makes up this false report that they saw the cat. Like, his mom's going to be thinking, like, this cat's alive somewhere. Still, like, still holding out hope for Muse to return. Which, all, worst name for a cat ever. I hate that name. I don't know. Like, Aww. zero. I don't know. I thought, I think five seconds of thought went into that name. But <laughs> it should only be if it's uh, to Jason Muse. And even then, no. I was um, going to say, that probably is yeah. uh, an homage to yeah. Jason uh, yeah. But yeah, that um, yeah, he just like straight up lies to her, um, lies to his friends um, about Dart. Yeah, not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And kicks Yertle out of his cage. <laughs> yeah, poor Yertle. Whatever happened? To oh my gosh, she probably got eaten. Justice too, for Yertle. <laughs> oh yeah, let's get that going. Going. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, I um, I. I do get that, obviously, the whole reason that Dustin ends up finding Dart and caring for Dart and sort of trying to be on his side is because 
right at the end that seemed to be what lets him get away is that he does still have that connection with the unstoppable killing machine but uh yeah it, i i still think i would have told my friends that i had this thing rather than just catching it for the second time and being like um no i'm just gonna keep it entirely as yeah. a secret nothing will go wrong and well yeah and a little ownership to to will too because he, we immediately get that flashback of the end of season one where he coughs up that slug and then so okay according to those rules will knows now what dart is and he waits a good while before he spills the beans um so a little on him too yeah well i don't think he only heard it right only heard it what do you mean? Like, um, like Will, like Will heard it, but I don't think he saw it. And he's like, I wanted to be sure. Wasn't that what happened? Uh, see, I thought like Dustin showed them Dart like when he was still a little small, and then we cut to Will having that like that flashback that kicks off a flashback to Will coughing that up in the sink. Well, I, I, I okay. uh, maybe yeah, I don't know. If I'm remembering correctly, maybe. I think Dustin shows them all Dart and. You see Will kind of realize, like, oh, this is that, but then Dart molts and escapes, and then Will finds him, gets that vision that kind of uh, knocks him out, and then he ends up getting invaded by the Mind Flayer, which we'll get onto in just a second. Uh, and then <laughs> from then on, you just can't <laughs> trust Will anymore, so I can kind of buy why he wouldn't have told them before then, because there's okay. not All that right. much Let time. slide there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we do need to touch on the mind flayer at this point because that was Go ahead. that that was a really cool idea. I thought because it obviously you couldn't just have and obviously they just <laughs> increased the number of demogorgons by about fifty uh, for this season. <laughs> but then they had a bigger bad. Demodogs. Is, Demodogs, Paul. Yes, Demodogs. Well, very, very true, yes. They hadn't fully reached Demodogs' <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, then you had the much bigger bad of the Mind Flayer. Because I did mm-hmm. kind of think, uh, like, before I watched season two, I was kind of thinking back on season one and thinking, is, like, is that it? Is that the only other creature in this, like, other verse? Because like there's, I guess the upside down is for all over, unless it was just a little tiny bubble. Uh, so for them to only have one creature in this entire other dimension doesn't make any sense. And then now we get the payoff of, oh no, there's much more that we don't know about yet. And this mind flayer thing, I thought was a a wonderful yeah, addition. Yeah. That just oh yeah. I, I was just, that's just making me think Australia's upside down has to have some weird ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Their animals and, alone are Yeah, that's, what, that's what's in so, Indiana. God even knows. <laughs> yeah, what is in Australia? What is in their upside down? Yeah. Well, and, and then if we're going to go with the stereotypical Australia joke, is the Australian upside down the right side up? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Hemisphere joke for so, you yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, nothing like some yeah, thirty-year-old Simpson jokes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> remember when they went? Yeah, yeah, classic one when they went to Australia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you call that a knife? This is oh, okay. that's a spoon. Oh, I see you played knifey spoony before. 
<laughs> See, yep, I knew Paul could have a Simpsons reference at the ready. Um, I might as well get this one out of the way because this is just a, nowhere else to fit it in. Um, Three Musketeers is a garbage candy bar. Um, no one likes it. <laughs> it is a half-assed candy bar. Um, it is a one-third of a Milky Way. Um, yeah, you're wrong, Dustin. So that's feel, another reason to not. Oh, so, so, so Janelle is right definitely now. team three. Uh oh, I'm so sorry, Janelle. I feel so I'm so attacked. sorry for your taste buds. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right, sorry, Janelle. Uh, yes, yeah, please. Brian, you're fired. Uh, you anyway, know what? Just around. Yeah. I can't. Okay, I can't yeah, you're thinking this the is a safe place. space. <laughs> it was. It was. You know. Um, no. So you come after um, my candy. <laughs> no, I'm exaggerating my hatred a little bit, but I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was just I don't know what the Three Musketeers deal was with this, but okay. Obviously, you're a fan, and I I will back off and respect um, respect that you know that decision of yours. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I had not have one in a really long time, so it might just be mm-hmm. like a nostalgic past that I'm thinking yeah. of. It. it might be terrible. I haven't had one in a very long time, mm-hmm. but from what I remember. I, I, I remember it being quite good. <laughs> and and, and I'm just saying, I could eat just a whole bowl of nougat. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I have had maybe two in my life because they aren't on sale outside of America, as far as I know. So. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, oh wow. I did. I did enjoy the original packaging. I thought that was, you know, that was awesome. They got that right. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I would expect this show to do that kind of thing, but yeah. Well, that, that's actually something that uh, I did want to touch on. Uh, albeit it'll probably have to be quickly. We really are going to start running out of time. We already, yeah. We got to go like speed round almost already. Yeah. yeah. The um, the design on this show is fantastic like i don't know if you guys heard about it you probably have but there's a uh i would say jumper i'm sure it's like a sweatshirt what a hoodie that dustin wears which was an incredibly obscure thing that was from a, a national museum somewhere I, I can't remember off the top of my head which museum it was for but the 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 person who was in charge of costuming found it randomly at a garage sale and gave, put it in the show. And they were then inundated with call demanding that they bring back this design. So they went and looked for the original design, like this museum, looked for the original design because they stopped selling it about 25 years ago. And they couldn't find a good enough copy. So they got in touch with the costume designer who gave them that uh, hoodie and they are now remaking it. Like and it's selling like hotcakes. Apparently, I need to see. <laughs> wow. Hmm. I need to see. Yeah, because I can't even picture it. Yeah, right it, now, it's, but... it's. So the, I wonder. The, the one with the dinosaur on it. Uh, that's the best I can get. Oh, right now. okay. Yeah. Is the majority of the show then thrifted? Like, is it all? It's it's probably majority like genuine eighty that the costume designer just finds at like thrift stores and things. I imagine. I, I would imagine so. I. I that I would not surprise me at all. Yeah, I I know a few of the things they did. Were they genuinely they looked up the old school packaging and old school designs and logos and things like that, and they replicated them for the show. So they they didn't even find an original. They had to recreate a, a fair amount for the show, and it just it's one of those things where you get a couple of people on your team that are just dedicated to this sort of stuff, and you're gonna turn out something like this. It, it, it's just 
I, I haven't gone yeah. to the IMDb's goof page for this, but I imagine there's not a huge amount of anachronistic stuff in it with no, regards not, yeah, to yeah. that type just, of stuff. I mean, just looking at, like, Joyce's house, that feels so, like, wonderfully lived in and stuff. It's like, it seems like they really got everything pretty close to right. Yeah. Yeah, even, like, the, the wallpaper, like, the close-ups of some of the walls and stuff, it's just, like, how it's amazing. And poor, yeah, and poor Joyce's house always getting jacked up like that's <laughs> like she's on a fixed income already. She's got holes in the wall. She's got fires in the hallway. <laughs> like she can't catch a break with that damn house. Uh, and and now the question is, season three, what will be adorning the walls of Joyce's house? Yeah. So that was like well, as much. Pr- yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, you go ahead because. Okay, I was just going to say, as much as I did enjoy this season, that was one of the aspects, um, the, the Will crazily drawing this map aspect. Uh, it didn't work 100% for me. I knew they had to do something different than like the whole the whole light, Christmas light vibe. Um, so yeah, let's go to coloring. I don't know. Like <laughs> I know they had to do something, so I'm being a little too harsh, but that didn't work well until we got bob the brain involved then i was then i was okay for the bob the brain involvement i liked it because it was something that was always there because that's how she knows that it's not in season one that's how joyce knows it's not her kid when for what hopper sees like the kids drawing because they like they brought back something that the character had and they brought it to season two in such a really cool way so that's why i liked it well, it, yeah, it's and it is like another like he was communicating non-verbally in season one, and this is another non-verbal way that he can try to explain what's going on, or you know, um, kind of advance the plot. Yeah, uh, and it, uh, I mean that's something that we should probably touch on as well is the fact that Will is very much present in this season, and the uh, the actor that plays Will, who come on, come on, come on. Bloody hell. Well, Noah, Noah Schnapp, which is a, a wonderful name. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why I'm so annoyed to remember it. Um, yeah, he is very good. Like, he, he was phenomenal, I thought, in this season as someone being slowly overtaken by this other thing. And uh, you, you could kind of see his descent into not really being Will anymore, I thought. So uh, I don't know what you guys thought about that but uh, i very much enjoyed watching his performance because well we actually got to watch a performance this time <laughs> <laughs> yeah true yeah his his um line like when as soon as he says he likes it cold the first time i heard that i literally got chills in my whole body i was like the way that he plays sort of being possessed, he, his whole face is just so cold and so, like, his eyes even. Like, it's just, it's terrifying. Like, you could not have found a better actor to do that. It was insane. Yeah, and it was such a nice take on the whole, like, exorcism or, you know, uh, possession story, you know, that we've seen in typical horror films. Um, but to see him being taken over, you know, and slowly, you know tuning out more from reality um yeah um it's a lot to i think ask someone of his age to do and yeah i think he pulled it off pretty well and and yeah i think my favorite see i mean the the scene right at the end when they're 
trying to burn the thing out of him is probably the best version of that. But my favorite scene involving that whole thing is when they're at the hospital and Joyce just stares him down and just says, who am I? And you realize that he's not there anymore. Like, that's just that's not Will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there is no Will, only Mind Flayer. Yeah. And then Joyce is like, hold him down. And she's like, I'm in control now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she's like mom of yeah. the year. Oh, my God. She's been through so much. Like, now, like, I know. she's gone missing and our kid's possessed. She's de- she, does, she deals with so much. You're Yeah, you are finally in this, like, relationship that seemed to be healthy for you and a guy that was good to you. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, still, I'm never gonna get over that one. Mm. <laughs> I know, <laughs> Paul. This is a random um, um, segue here, as in it's a lack of, but a lot of heavy Ghostbuster references in this series or in this uh, time around. Very Did you catch so, yeah. a few of those? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously not so much just the one. Obviously, they dressed up as, but well, did yes. you catch one of my favorites was um, Hopper investigating like the the pumpkins the first time, and he takes his <laughs> hand on a, a tree that's really covered in some clear gooey stuff and flicks his hand exactly like Bill Murray Venkman does. But yeah. uh, it, it was just great, just trying to flick it off of his hand. Uh, yeah, I love I love that touch. Yeah, and there, there's so many great, uh, not even just Ghostbusters. There's so many great subtle homages to so many classic films and franchises and stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah, we got like a Jaws poster, some of the set decoration. Um, but then uh, when Will when Dart escapes um, and Will finds him in the bathroom, he has like it. It felt very much like. Um, when Venkman found Slimer, it was very much, he's looking at me, Ray. Yeah. You know, like, because he just has this look on his face, like, I got it. Yeah, I found it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's, it, you can obviously tell how much the Duffer Brothers love that content, and you can't help but be influenced by it. Yeah, I, I was somewhat surprised. I mean, they'd had to rewrite, yeah, rewrite it in such a way that it would make sense, but I was very surprised that there wasn't an equivalent of when somebody asks you if you're a god, you say yes. I figured they would somehow work <laughs> that in. Absolutely, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Oh, I think, yeah. What do you want to talk about next? I got so many random things that are not cohesive. Well, I, I genuinely think we should talk about what, for some reason, so many articles are dictating as the controversial episode of this series okay and that would be the lost okay. sister so, uh, episode seven otherwise known as chapter seven uh-huh. and it's the episode yeah where for people that somehow have listened this far and haven't seen the series um well done <laughs> you uh but that's the episode when 11 goes off and finds callie and is gone from hawkins for 95 percent of the runtime and I guess people didn't like it. Like people decided that it just wasn't a good idea. Or, and I, 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 I kind of want to get your thoughts on it because I don't understand why there was so much hate towards this episode. I feel like the timing was wrong. Like because you have all these exciting things happening, and then you have a whole dedi- like a whole episode dedicated to something that you kind of at this point just don't care about. 
you're like, I want to get back to like these people who I love who might be dying and who are in serious danger. I don't care about these new people. I feel like if they would have done it maybe a little bit earlier, I don't know how, um, but like maybe in more so more of a flashback way than a dedicate a whole episode, I think it would have people would have liked it because it is a really interesting perspective. But I just think the timing was just the worst. Yeah, that's great that you bring that up, Janelle, because I do like the episode, but it was not placed well. Because, And I'm not a super big sports person, but the best analogy I can get is like if you're watching a game that you're really interested in or really invested in, and it's the last quarter, last few minutes, and somebody takes a remote and puts it on like an old sitcom like during the commercial break, and you're thinking, okay, we got to get back to this in like two minutes, and they just keep watching that. You're like, no, I'm not interested in this right now. It's like, you know, like, I've already, I'm already too invested. But, you know, and that's kind of how it felt here. It either needed to be not a capsule episode and woven in into the other storylines, do some hopping around, um, or it needed to be, I thought, placed a lot earlier, episode three, maybe four. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I kind of have an idea for something they could have done which would have maybe made it not quite seem so out of place. And it's simply just um, like a little addition that I think would have blended it a bit better just for being, a, oh, this is an 11 episode now, which is obviously at the end of the episode before, you have the Demodogs have killed the soldiers and are climbing up into the lab. And I think what, would, what should have happened is the first one slams its claw down. And then rather than going to credits there, the entire episode starts rewinding, kind of like a VHS-style thing, and it just gets faster and faster and faster until it gets to the very beginning of the episode, cut to black, and then cut to uh, uh, a shot of Eleven in Chicago, and then credits. And then the next episode is Eleven in Chicago, and it's, and that's showing that while all of this is happening, Eleven's in Chicago. And then you see Eleven in Chicago, and then it's back to the lab in the next episode. I feel like maybe that would have helped with uh, people accepting that, oh, so this is happening while that was happening. And so it's kind of a, a parallel episode rather than just, a, mm-hmm. oh, where am I now? Yeah. Do you think but, that kind of like to a your point, yeah. To your point, I don't get the level of like displeasure in this episode i could i could understand if this was a week to week show and you had to wait another entire week uh, like <laughs> with this like loss of momentum but you're just 45 it was just 45 minutes people like you're right back into it um so yeah i don't quite get why people didn't like it as much as they didn't i thought i there was stuff i really liked about it um it did like i said kind of kind of killed the the flow that they had going but one of the best character names ever fun fun shine i mean how do you not love fun shine <laughs> yeah. yeah did you watch the series all the way through because i feel like that maybe sometimes that that makes a difference because i had the advantage for like i split it up and actually mm-hmm. this is the episode that i paused on i paused after episode seven so i came back to it at eight so it was okay. kind of like I had that buffer without even realizing. Like I had no idea that this was going to be that episode. Oh, but okay. um, yeah, I think if you were binge watching it, it yeah. if you're mm-hmm. binge watching it, and you're just like, I know the end is soon. Like I just well, like you're you're kind of just like it's like almost eating a really good meal. You're like I just I just want to get to dessert already. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I had watched the the one episode the night it came out, and then I binged the rest starting at like 9 a.m. <laughs> 
Um, oh, wow. 10 a.m. Yeah, because I was, uh, whatever that was, yeah, I was off. So, yeah, it was just binge all the way through and finished at, like, 4 o'clock. <laughs> and then felt gross about my life. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Then gross had to, and proud. Had to post binge shame, you know, like, ooh, I've done nothing today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you feel I, gross, but you also feel proud. You're like, I've been, I feel yeah, like, like I accomplished something. Yeah, I sort something. of accomplished something. Yeah, that in the shower might be all I accomplished today, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah, well, that that thing of when someone said, what did you do today? And you say, nothing. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. It's like, no, don't be. It was marvelous. I loved it. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I wish I had the option of binging eight or nine <laughs> episodes in a row. And I, I had to watch this one or two episodes at a time. So, uh, yeah. so like you said, I, I think given that I was already breaking it up, I had no issue with the fact mm-hmm. that they went there. And I really did just enjoy seeing Eleven grow as a as a character. Because I, I feel like this was yeah. Eleven finally kind of starting to understand where she came from and where she had to go. And that was mm-hmm. something that no. I don't think they could have done if she'd have stayed in Hawkins for the whole series again. Okay. Yeah, I see that. And I, now, something I did. Boring. Go ahead. If, it mm-hmm. would have got boring if they just stayed in Hawkins the whole time. Like, they had to break it up somehow. So, like, I'm glad they're establishing new places. And I'm glad these new places mm-hmm. they're establishing, they kind of have their own movie tone to them. But I thought, like, old movie tone, if you know what I'm saying. Like, it's sort of like. Like, this had kind of almost like a more of a cheesy 80s kind of, like, feel to it than, like, the more traditional kind of back in Hawkins. So I'm wondering if that's going to be a theme for season three, too, if, like, we explore new locations, if they're going to have, like, a different kind of movie theme to them. That'd be really interesting. That would be, yeah. And that kind of leads into what I wanted to ask both of you is that, did you see enough in this episode? Um, do you, I, I'm sure we will see more of this world or these characters. Are you interested in that? Is it something that you're just going to kind of tolerate? Where are you? Hmm. Like for, I, for me, I was, I'll answer like, I do want to see more of these, but I, I guess it depends how it's handled. I don't want to see them on their own. I want to see them integrated into the plot. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't like the one-offness of, of this. Mm. Um, like I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd watch like a spinoff of these people. Like I don't, I don't think I grew that attached to them, um, just Mm. in this short time, but I can definitely see them being integrated, um, into season three in a really cool way because her powers are very interesting. Like there's, there's a lot of, a a lot of things you can do with that. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Narratively speaking, absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like it would be a good way of getting the mind flayer back is if the mind flayer went after Callie and somehow Mm -hmm. got through to her. So like then Eleven feels that she had to save Callie and, and then that would bring them together again without just being Callie being like, Oh, I just wanted to, to come find you or something. And there would actually be a narrative reason for them to get back together. But, uh, yeah, yeah, or they had to defeat the Mind Flayer together, yeah, like, so, with their powers. Yeah, that combined. would that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. think there's going to be more sort of experiments that there that there's going to be a kind of X Men thing happening? I, you know, I think that that where they could go, but this show surprises me a lot. So I think that probably what I think is wrong. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like whatever I'm thinking they might do, they they won't come near. What I kind of, and again, this is going to sound 
incredibly wrong. But what I kind of hope is that there are no more experiments because knowing what Papa was like, I'm going to assume that most of the other experiments really failed and we probably don't want to know what happened to the experiments that failed. So yeah, I, probably like those initial Ant-Man uh, experiments, if anyone, yeah, before they figured out the shrinking. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think... <laughs> if anyone remembers that, yeah. Yeah, because mm. obviously Callie escaped, and I don't know if any others did, and obviously Papa ended up going all in on mm. Eleven, so... Yeah, I, I don't mm. know if there are any others that could. Yeah, like. I'm fairly confident we're going to get a lot more of Matthew Modine in season three. I think he's going to get back into the picture in a big way. And they may have even said that. So I don't know if I'm even making that up. I might have heard that. But I feel like he's oh, really? involved again. I don't know. I just feel like he, yeah. I don't know if there's truth to that or not. But I feel like he's coming back in a big way. So. Good night. But we'll they, see. They, they have been alluding to that, and this this might have been why mm. this existed is to kind of remind you mm. and allude to it, and how what might be things to come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, go ahead, Paul. As I, I think we need to kind of uh, get to the very end of the series here and uh, uh, try and wrap things up. Now, obviously, we've mentioned it a couple of times and it's not something that we wanted to happen unless you're a sadistic bastard but, mm, do we have uh, to talk about this <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we had to because i mean you've got <laughs> i know you've got bob basically saving mike and joyce and hopper and will but mm-hmm. i'm doing the unfortunate uh, stereotypical thing of just running away from something and then pausing why, why would you ever pause? Why would you not keep running until you were behind several feet yes, keep, of steel? Keep running through that I trope. Know. You don't have to stop in that trope. <laughs> you, can keep you got trapped in the trope, and then yeah. Yeah, <laughs> can't get out I of it. I really yeah. thought he was going to make it. I really did. I did, too. I went, it was uh, Groundhog Day, you know, if you're like when Bill Burry flies over the cliff in the truck. And yeah. Uh, Chris Elliott looks over. He goes, he, he can still be okay. And I, I had that moment, like where okay, they started attacking. Like he can still be okay, and then the truck explodes. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, no, yeah. <laughs> now, <Yeah. laughs> like they're they're eating his yeah. face. He's, Probably he's just, not now. It's <laughs> just a little nibble. He's still good. He's still good. Just a, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah. He gets back up. <laughs> oh my! Oh god! At least it wasn't a zombie situation. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with. Walker, Bob, that'd be too heartbreaking. Yeah. And uh, so at least he was done. Even, even though that. it was like the worst death imaginable, at least it was over. Um, well, and and, in and the, then poor Joyce. Yeah, and, they and, he, they needed that though to send send Joyce over the edge so that she you know did did what she needed to do. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I don't. Uh, and in the the Beyond Stranger thing. Which I, I do recommend anyone that really did enjoy the series go and watch because it's a fantastic interviews with yeah and they're the, super short episodes some are like fourteen minutes or twelve minutes like the, yeah you can burn through them quickly yeah uh, and it, uh, Sean Aston said that like what he wanted and what any actor could want is a good death and he feels like they wrote him the best death in this and like obviously going out mm-hmm. no gun blazing 
Uh, and then also they mentioned that there's one thing that they did and they filmed that they realized they could not do, which is they poured some fake blood into Sean Aston's face and he spat it out as they were attacking him. And they they looked at it and they just said, no, we can't have this in the show. <laughs> it was just too much. We get, yeah. We can't have uh, Samwise go out like that. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he deserves right. better. Yeah, and I feel so bad for ever thinking he could have been evil. Like, of course, Sean, like, no, no. Like, it's Sean Astin. He has to play someone lovable. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah so it was, um, it was definitely a death that, like, makes everyone hate the writers, but because of that, it was a fantastic plot point. Like it was it was something that resonates with pretty much everyone watching, and uh, you can't really hope for more than that. I think. Oh yeah, it gives it consequences and uh, weight to. Yeah, there needs to be you know a sacrificial lamb kind of yeah. somewhere, and yeah, I mean, it had to be Bob, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. Justice What's that radio shack going to do without him? <laughs> I know, like that. <laughs> wouldn't that, wouldn't that and, be and for Radio Shack. I, I think that uh, maybe Joyce can be running it in the next season. Next oh, God. oh my God. I want to see a funnier dog oh. than Joyce trying to figure out <laughs> how to help. You, you remember Radio Shack's uh, You've Got Questions, We've Got Answers? You're like, You've Got Questions, <laughs> I've Got Questions. Um, yeah, oh how God, do I answer this telephone? Yeah, how do I? Yeah. When she calls him up to figure out the camcorder, th- or when she's trying, oh my god, was- oh Joyce, when she's trying to put that tiny tape into the, the VCR, like, <laughs> oh come on, she's Joyce, trying. you wonderful person, she's trying, she's been through a lot, okay, cut her some slack here. Jonathan yeah. can help her, he has a video camera. <laughs> exactly, what the hell? And, the, and then shows on, mom how to do a few things yeah. instead of just being off and weird all the time. And and then on the other side of that, I have been. I've been Bob so many times, whereas like you, you're trying to explain to the best of your ability to say, "Well, look, it, it's this," and the person on the other end is just, "What?" It's like, "Oh, come on, <laughs> just just come with me on this, please." <laughs> you're you're yeah, you're doing the 103 course, and they need the introductory course. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. what is a cable? <laughs> like you're saying, pick up a coaxial cable. What's a cable? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I really it, loved that Hopper and Bob moment of like kind of brains versus brawn, where he's like ready to just go out there and he's like, oh, hey, you want me to teach you French too? <laughs> like, completely just puts him in his place and is like, no, Bob has to handle this. Like, Hopper can't go out there guns blazing this time. Yeah. Nope, you need Bob. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just a little, we need to move on from that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, uh, I wrote down, like, yeah, I wrote down, I don't even ironically enjoy Bob. Like, I genuinely love, love the man. So, yeah. yeah, that one, that one stings more than Barb ever will. Sorry, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, I guess uh, uh, the question I have then is, how does everyone feel about the way that they ended it with like, Eleven closing the gate? Like, uh, do you, what did you think of that whole scene? Uh, go ahead, Janelle. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to, have to say. I knew, well, we kind of already knew that, like, 11 was definitely the key to closing any of, like, probably closing the gate as well as, like, pretty much defeating 
any sort of like demi gorgon demi dog whatever that came out of that because really nobody else kind of stood a chance but i thought it was really cool um that they had that callback to what she was like talking about like bringing her anger and things like that and that she really i think she really matured i think through uh, this whole season i think she had a really huge character development and i think her closing that gate and the way that she did it through like using her powers and also using her emotions through her powers and she freaking levitates like i felt like mm. it, we saw oh, a yeah. really much stronger side of 11 yeah <laughs> i yeah 100% agree she went full dark phoenix uh, it was it was pretty great um and yeah it, uh, i I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it would. I thought it was okay, typical, third, you know, third act here, just kind of wrap things up. But Hopper, like, I was into it a lot more than I thought it was. Yeah, with her levitating, Hopper defending, uh, kind of very video game esque, you know. There's, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a nice way to kind of close off things. Um, pardon that. Yeah, that was not intentional there, but uh, yeah, I, I felt good for me. I, I was happy with that. Yeah, I, I, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, well, this is clearly what they're building to. And then the way that it's filmed, the way that it's edited, the music, just like it was just a fantastic ending to this whole thing. And uh, as I said, like I loved seeing Eleven evolve in Chapter 7, and then this was just sort of the cap on top where she takes everything that she's learned and is able to bring it all together for the thing that she's I mean, she's atoning for her sins if you if you want to look at it that way because obviously she is the one that opened it in the first place and now she's channeling all the anger at the people that made her into what she is to be able to clothe it for the good of the town and it was uh, like I thought it was the best ending that they could have kept on that whole thing and then that following on from that, I love that we finally got to see the snowball. The snowball yes. finally <laughs> happened. Yeah. Obviously, Mike asked yeah. Eleven to the snowball in season one, and then that doesn't happen. And now we get to actually see them go to the snowball. So, yeah, I um, And I will admit that I did not fully get the the fun aspect of that name until like you know second watch of it so yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay. um so i guess that's just their yearly dance because obviously it's just the snowball uh, is the year because presumably he missed a snowball last year right you know in season one mm-hmm. or took someone else who knows who knows mike might be a little player who knows but uh highly doubt it um <laughs> But Paul, if you watched the um, Beyond Stranger Things, I'm sure you you saw the story. But I do love, and I didn't pay attention to it this time when he goes to kiss Eleven. Is it, he says, "I'm coming in," like through gritted teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, so yeah. amazing. He's like, "I'm coming." He just yeah, like, <laughs> giving uh, Billy this a little bit of warning there. It's oh, it's so just That's so cute. cute. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was, I think, both their first kisses, I want to say. I, I, know, I think he said it was hit. Yeah, hit, yeah, like that was his first kiss ever on screen, yeah. yeah. So, Aww. good for you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, the ending was so precious. Yeah, yeah. and Nancy, wait it, like, yeah, all right, you're, you're pretty great, like, <laughs> going over to Dustin and, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh my I God. really when, liked that moment, Dustin too. Dustin was getting rejected, my heart was just like, oh my uh, God, why are you kids so mean? Someone just dance with I, him. I know. Like, he's... But yeah, like yeah, it's like they'll be you know they'll be singing your you know praises in a few years, um, but yeah, <laughs> that sucks though. For I was like, oh, someone better freaking dance with him. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he was like, so happy. I know with his with his Farrah Fawcett hair and <laughs> yeah, which we didn't really touch on, but yeah, yeah. Um, his Farrah Fawcett hairspray hair, yeah, um, yeah, and then he gets dejected, but. But I was like thinking that whole time. Oh my god, this song's gonna end. This song's gonna end. I'm like, how long is this song? I don't remember the song being this long. Hurry up, someone! Yeah, <laughs> I was like having anxiety for him. I don't know. Yeah. And it really but, brings but, you back. <laughs> oh yeah, no, not yeah. Oh how the I loved my grade school dances. How fun those were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, growing up in England, you only have one dance, and it is the problem that you have when you finally leave school. That's it. Oh, we need wow. to adopt that system. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would much prefer that. Yeah, I, I obviously I saw on TV and in films like all these things like, oh, so yeah, I got invited to the senior dance and I'm a junior. And then on top of being like, okay, what's a junior and what's a senior? I was like, you have lots of dances. That sounds horrible. Why would you do this? Yeah, they, they tr- <laughs> try to promote social awkwardness as much as they can. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just want to make people feel sad and left out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is going to be awesome for like 1% of the people going. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> I, I assume you guys caught it, the, the song that's playing when it like transitioned to the upside down. You see the mind flare looking over the school. And it's the it's a song which just has the lines uh, "someone to watch over me" just as it cuts. Oh, uh, was, oh yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well it, was it still um, "the police is every breath you take"? Uh, or oh, had yeah. it changed? Just yeah, something because be, be that's I'll be watching yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I which is there. a you know stalker song. I was just talking, like it still amazes me people play that at, like at weddings and stuff because it's a super <laughs> creepy song. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was such a. Such a great button, I thought, to the series. And uh, yeah, obviously, I know a lot of people are like, yeah, great ending, they closed the gate. It's like, yes, you closed the gate, but the thing's still there. Like, it's gonna, and it's going to be mad. And it knows yeah. you're there now. <laughs> More importantly, it's watching you, and it knows you're there. And it looks like it's bigger now, for some reason. Yeah. Oh, you know, it did see, yeah. It might be right there. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait yes. uh, like eight months or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, did we ha- have time for a, a quick lightning round of points? Or, um, Janelle, were there things that I know people listening out there, there are favorite parts of this series that we did not touch on, but sorry, there's just too many to get to. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Erica. She steals the scene in every scene she's in. Yes, so, yes, she love does. you, Erica. <laughs> yes. Okay. Call them um, all nerds. Yeah. <laughs> the Demi Gordon oh, in the fridge. Yeah. Um, I just yeah, want to mention great. that and that Joyce is not going to be happy about the Demi Gordon in the fridge. Mm, <laughs> the yeah. Demi Dog yeah. in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just also just wanted to point out the music. I thought the music was even better than season one. Uh, it's two halves of this band called Survive. Um, Kyle Dixon and Matthew Stein. Look them up. They did. They, they nailed nostalgia score so well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just want to give them a quick shout out. And then lastly, I do need Jim Hopper's outgoing message. Um, I'm probably doing something incredible right now. 
<laughs> the best thing ever. <laughs> I love Hopper for that. Man. That's all. Okay. That's all I have. That's not true, but that's all I'm going to get to. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, we really got to let the people go. <laughs> it was too many, I know. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, apologies there to make it run long. All right. Once again, thank you very much, Janelle, for coming on. It's been a blast talking Stranger Things with you. <laughs> of course this is so much fun <laughs> yes thank you and i hope my three musketeers feelings don't impact having you back on i still love having you on oh. <laughs> we'll take see. it under we'll consideration see, see if see if you have forgiveness in your heart okay and <laughs> um, so where can people find you then if they wish to do so sure you can find me on um twitter and instagram at janelle megan all right there we go short and to the point i like it <laughs> And uh, <laughs> obviously ourselves, you can find us on Twitter at Blockbusters, Facebook.com slash Blockbusters. You can email us at gmail.com or on Instagram at Blockbusters. And we have a website, Blockbusters.web.com, or you can go to Popos.com and look for Blockbusters there because, well, it looks nice, you know, and we're on the network. So uh, go check it out there and <laughs> find some other great shows. Uh, and yeah, I, I think uh, we're definitely going to have to let people go here. So, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Thanks for bearing with us, uh, everyone, including our guests and uh, yeah, each other. Yeah, yep. Thank you. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, after all of that, I've been Paul. I've been Brian. I've been Janelle. <laughs> Bye, folks. Bye. Justice for Bob. <laughs> <laughs> In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.